Pod of Tea podcast, your go-to place for tea and chats. I'm your host Emma and today we have another Lone Wolf episode. It's just me here today with my somewhat smaller pot of tea, nevertheless still full to the brim with things to chat about. So I was driving home from work today and my mind started wandering, as it does when I'm driving. Obviously also very much concentrating on the road, (laughs) but also pondering on life. And I started to think about creativity. I'm tempted to to really embellish on the pun there, but I'll I'll stop. I'll stop myself. Um, (laughs) So I've been thinking about creativity quite a bit today. Well, over the past few days, really, I would like to think I'm a a quite creative person. I have various creative endeavours that I have attempted over the years, some of which I've really enjoyed and I've sort of seen through and got a lot out of, some of which have been quite a frustrating and difficult process at times. I think everyone who is creative, I'm sure, will be able to sympathise with me on that one. You get varying levels of um, success with being creative. So on the back of that, I think sometimes we can get ourselves really unmotivated from being creative because, well, I recently, I think, somewhat lost sight of what I was doing and why I was doing it. And that led to a lack of productivity and enjoyment (laughs) in some creative things. So um, I'm going to go into that into a bit more detail because I think I found myself at a really positive point with my creative pastimes at the moment, uh, once again. And it's only in the past couple of weeks, really, that that's happened. And yeah, so I just want to talk about the creative process with you. And of course, I have a tea with me. Um, Now, I was hoping to, just because I love it this much, I was hoping to keep Earl Grey (laughs) as its own glorious episode. But you know what? I just really wanted an Earl Grey right now. So we've gone for it. We're having one. I'm probably going to maybe push this into other episodes and get some, you know, as an excuse just to try lots of different types of Earl Grey from different places. So at the moment we have the Tesco's finest Earl Grey tea brewing in the pot. Actually, I think it's almost ready, not just because I'm quite eager. So I'll be pouring that in just a second and enjoying a delicious Earl Grey tea with you. I don't know what it is. The the delicious, delightful, fragrant bergamot, clearly. Am I saying that right? Bergamot? Bergamot? Who knows? There's a couple of words, I don't know if anyone else has this, that I just pronounce wrong without realising it. Um, Bowling is one. Apparently that's not really how you're supposed to say it. I sound a bit funny. Bowling. Um, But yes, Earl Grey, Bogomont. Let me know. How do you pronounce it? Anyway, so tea is brewing. So the first thing I wanted to talk about with being creative is the impact that other people's opinions have on what you do. Now, this begins at a very young age for most, I think, and I'm going to cast the time-travelling mind all the way back to primary school. This is one of my earliest memories of someone else's opinion affecting what I'm doing, because being creative isn't necessarily something that you do for other people. Often it is, you know, you need to involve an audience, but also I think it's very much a a personal achievement and you can get a lot out of it yourself without actually anyone else really needing to be involved in some ways. So I think when you're in primary school, when you are in, what year was I in? Year two, I think you can guarantee that whatever you're making is probably for you and you alone, <laughs> unless there are some, you know, childhood, ch- child proteges out there 
who are doing wonderful, amazing. They are actually. I see, you always see drummers, teeny tiny drummers who can play along to songs and they're like treble hitting that bass drum and it's amazing. So apart from those people, normally <laughs> when you're in year two of primary school, you're um you're you're doing creative stuff for your own personal development. So I remember coming back to school after Christmas one year and our teacher set us the task of painting with the proper poster paints. Now that was a really exciting occasion when the teacher said we were able able to use the real poster paints. Um, again, I don't know if your schools were like this, but you know, often you get to use the pencils and the crayons. I think it's the messiness of paint. It was really, really exciting when we were allowed to use it. So not only did we get to use the poster paints, there were optional easels, which I don't know how many easels there were. I mean, it wasn't the type of school to give an easel to every child. So yeah, um, there were optional easels and I opted to use an easel. Now that year for Christmas, I got my baby all gone. And this is a toy, if you can remember it. It had a um, really cool jingle. Um, do I sing it now? I don't know. The one that went, my baby all gone, she makes it all gone. Perfect rendition. Perfect, slightly awkward rendition for you all there. And with Baby Organ, you got a little pot of strawberries and they really smelt like strawberries, which was probably one of the biggest selling points of the toy. And you got this little spoon and you would pretend that you took the strawberries out of the pot and you fed it to the baby and the spoon had a trick in it so then the little strawberries on the spoon would disappear. And it was brilliant. And I was so excited about getting this toy and I went into school when we got back off the holidays and I was telling everyone about it. And then we got set a project of painting the toy that we got for Christmas. Could life be any better? I ask you now. So I stood there and I, I vividly remember this standing there and I got the paints and I got the white paint and the pink paint and the yellow because her hair was yellow. And I was mixing it all together and I was painting it. And I thought I was doing a really good job. I really did. And I stood there admiring my handiwork and a teacher comes up behind me and goes, oh, Emma, that's a isn't that a lovely painting? You've done a wonderful painting and my smile is beaming off my face. And then she says, I love that you got a Mr. Blobby for Christmas. And my heart sank. <laughs> I remember thinking, no. And I actually, casting my mind back, can't actually remember if I even corrected her with that one but yeah so it was that moment it was probably the first memory I have of really enjoying doing something really creative and really fulfilling and also thinking that you've done something really really well and someone giving their opinion on it and it makes you think oh maybe I shouldn't do this now I'm not saying that is the reason why I'm not an artist there's a very practical reason why I'm not an artist and that's that I do not have a natural talent for drawing. Now, she was very much well within her rights to call that painting a Mr. Blobby. I have no doubt in my mind that it did not look like my baby organ. Oh, I didn't mention, because of the easel, there was a lot of dripping. I was very keen with the poster paint. There were some very heavily loaded paint brushes at use there, and there was definitely a lot of dripping down that down that page. So yes, art isn't my... In fact, I remember in, in secondary school when we had to pick our options for our GCSEs, my teacher turning around to me in art saying, oh, what are you picking? You're not going to pick art, are you? There are a lot of suggestions here that I should not be doing creative stuff. Um, well, art, artistic stuff anyway. So yeah, art was not high on my list of, um, of skills. It's not something I usually boast that I can do. Luckily, 
Uh, Jack, my husband, is very good at art and can draw many, many things. So that's balanced it out over the years when I've needed posters making for things and stuff like that. So cheers, Jack. Um, yeah, so that's that's something that happens. That's something you have to learn quite early on, that someone else's opinion isn't a reason to not do something. Now, that's within reason. I'm not saying, you know, you should go around forcing your creative work on other people, saying, I don't care if you don't like it. But I mean, just personally, I really enjoyed painting that picture. I actually still now really enjoy drawing and painting. It just looks like a, you know, I, I don't think I've developed much further than my six-year-old skills. So it does look like a six-year-old and not a child protege has painted it. But it doesn't mean that I don't enjoy it. So that's what I'm trying to say there. I think when you're creative, it shouldn't, you know, you don't have to be validated in your skills to be creative if you yourself personally get something out of it. So yeah, that's what I think about that. I'm going to have a sip of tea now actually. I'm going to pour the tea. I think it's a good moment to pause. And then it's going to lead me straight on to another thing that that just got me thinking about. So the tea pouring. Here we go. Ever since my sister mentioned what this sounds like. <laughs> I don't know if I can take the tea pouring quite as seriously. But there we are. Oh, that is it. I have gone for a very large mug here as well, which I'm very pleased about my mug choosing decision. It's a mug that's got a face that can only really be described as mildly creepy, but um, it contains lovely, lovely tea and it's a good size. So we're, we're committing. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, such a nice tea. It is a, I mean, when I release this, it may not correlate. In fact, it doesn't because I release these on Sundays. It is a Friday <laughs> right now. So I very much got that um, at the moment. So my job, I don't always work Monday to Friday. I'll often work random weekends. I'll have weekdays off. But over winter, because of where I work, we're shut. It's a seasonal place. So we're shut over winter for a couple of months. I have a normal job that goes Monday to Friday. And um, yeah, so Friday feeling cup of tea. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Lovely. So yeah, with where, where I work, um, not only is the stuff that I do quite creative, um, which I'm quite lucky that I'm allowed to be creative in my job, I facilitate a lot of creative people. And that leads me on to a point of, you know, do you ever just get it completely wrong? Have you ever done that? Where you think you're doing something well. So I, I tend to get things completely wrong when I'm really trying. And by trying, I mean those moments where you aren't maybe at your most confident. So you just try really hard <laughs> to make up for the, the lack of confidence in what you're doing. So <coughs> when I first started my job... Um, I don't want to go into into too many details, but yeah, one of one of the things that became apparent quite early on is that I have to um, facilitate and actualize other people's creative visions. So they will tell me one thing, and I have to try and make it. And one of the first things I did was um, yeah, interpret something not quite the right way. So I was told to make a round garden for people to parade to. And I thought, okay, and I was told this garden had to be a spiral. So I work in a woodland. So I spent a whole day out in the woods with string, because this was the way I thought would be the best, the best way to do it, creating a spiral pathway to turn into a garden for people to parade, uh, parade through. 
So this is trees that aren't naturally grown in a spiral. I forced a spiral in. Then I thought large volumes of people walking in a spiral, they're all going to meet in the middle and have a big problem and not they're not going to be able to get out again. So I had to create this almost kind of concave. So they, it spiraled into the middle and then I created a, like, a spiral within the spiral for them to spiral back out again. All of this in trees, it took forever. There was a lot of string everywhere. I was the only one who could look at it and figure out what on earth was even supposed to be going on there. But I was really proud because I tried really, really hard to interpret this creative vision that had been given to me of a spiraled garden. And then I um, showed the person whose who's original idea it was. I was like, here you go. I've made it for you, a spiral garden. And he then told me that the person, the character whose garden this is, is only about two feet tall. <laughs> so their garden is um, probably about a meter across this spiral, like a teeny tiny rock spiral garden. Um, he wanted people to end at the parade at this garden and see it. He didn't want them to physically walk through it. There was no shrinking ray to make people small enough, like honey, I shrunk the kids to uh, to walk around it. So that was that was another key moment of mine where I went, Oh, sometimes you can try really hard and just get it wrong. And that's really frustrating, I think, with creative stuff because it's not black and white. I mean, that that situation of giving you actually is quite black and white. The character is too small for the giant garden, thus the garden is wrong. But there's a lot of creative stuff I do um, outside of work, especially sometimes, and there's no telling as to what is going to make it correct or good or not. And I think everyone who's ever, especially if you've studied creative arts, has suffered with the, but why? Why isn't this good enough? I don't understand what's what it is that isn't appealing um, to everyone. And what one person can think is really, really good, another person can think is actually, you know, not good. So, yeah, I'm just take a quick sip of tea. Hmm. Yeah, so an example I can give of, of that is I remember being at university and we were doing a scene where everyone was crows. Everyone were crows? Everyone were, yeah, grammar. Everyone were crows. Was? Oh my gosh, okay, leaving that. Um, so there were crows, and people were the crows. And we were, we were stood there trying to figure out what the crows should be doing. And a teacher came in and was like, oh, I love I love the movements everyone's doing, but they, they need to be stationary. They need to have their feet almost cemented into the ground and just, you know, show the crow with their bodies and <laughs> all this sort of stuff. And we were like, yeah, okay. So we, we did it. Next teacher comes in. Oh, I love what you're doing here, but the crows are too stationary. You should have them moving and, and fluttering and running around the space. And you're like, Okay, I don't know who to uh, who to agree with now because both of you are Marcinus, and so <laughs> who knows? And so the the answer to that is actually now in hindsight, do what we thought we should do. What is the reason behind what we're doing, and and what creative decision do we actually want to make? And it's that confidence to say actually this is the right decision because everyone's opinion, be it the audience, be it the teacher, be it you yourself, is completely arbitrary and personal, and there is no right and wrong to it. So that's another thing I just thought of <laughs> recently about um, about what makes something good. Yeah, so that's the difficulties of being creative. That's, that's a couple of them. But I think the thing, the main thing that can get me bogged down and make me not be creative, because that's, that's the crux of the problem I think I'm trying to explain, is 
every now and then I'm just not being creative and I can I will think of a million excuses as to why I'm not being creative and why I'm not doing the things that not only do I want to do on some levels but certainly think that I should be doing that I owe it to myself that I should be doing all these creative things and the biggest reason I have for not doing this is time it it completely every single time <laughs> time comes down to time I sit there and I think I don't have enough time for this and the main reason I've been focusing on recently and the reason I bring this up is I thought maybe someone else has experienced um this kind of way of thinking but I used to I used to work freelance for quite a while um and then I I had a normal job for like a little bit and worked freelance before that so I was freelancing for quite a long time so I was very much in charge of my own time and the reason I would use back then as to why I didn't get everything done that I needed doing in the whole wide world was because I spent all of my spare time looking for more work. So when my current job came up and I was considering going for it, I thought one bonus will be is that I don't have to be looking for work. My work is in the t- the office hours that I keep. So when I finish, I'm free to do what I like. But then this this really like little earworm got into my brain from somewhere I don't know where I got this idea from but I started to think well when people have jobs and they have a normal 40 hour a week job they come home and they don't have to do more work they can just relax they can watch television they can tidy their house they can shop they can do all these things that are really you know nothing to do with work um and spend their time doing that so then I started to resent being creative when I got home I was like well especially because sometimes um I work in events sometimes I'm really tired so sometimes what I do means that actually you know I've got quite a fair bit of energy when I come home and I can do all sorts of things and sometimes because of deadlines and crunch time um I've I've worked overtime or it's been a normal day but I've just done an awful lot in that day and I just feel mentally and physically exhausted so I don't want to do anything more so I went so I just got I just got into my head this process of thinking I don't want to do more work I don't want to do more work and then I realized that's the that is the problem it's not the lack of time it's because I suddenly and I, re- I genuinely have just realised this in the past couple of days. I've turned all my creative stuff into work, which is madness. Because the reason I did it and the reason I've done it all this time is because it's something that I enjoy doing, surely. Um, yeah, so I've turned it all into work. And I think that actually, going back to the freelancing, is a symptom of that. Because when you're freelancing, you're very luxuriously allowed to focus your... Um, hunt for work on stuff that you you want to do so I got jobs involving music I played in pubs I played um for parties I played for children um I got a couple of little like writing things here and there I used to run a like we you know I say work we didn't really make much money off it but I ran a theatre company and I did writing for that and um yeah set up events and things like this and it's it all became work writing was work music is work and it's not and I think that's that is the epiphany I've had recently is that it's not work and if it is work then maybe I've lost the reason why I'm doing it and the things that make something work um that that define something as being work I, I've, I've been trying to break it down to try and differentiate between what is work and what is a creative passion um and I think it's money 
So if something gives you money, that's work in my brain. You know, please feel free to argue with me because that's the point of a tea and a chat is that you're meant to discuss. And at the moment, I'm literally just discussing to a microphone. So I am opening this up to discussion uh, furthermore past this, past this podcast. But um, yeah, so you do something for money and that makes it work. It's, it's effort. Effort makes something work, I think. And also for me it needs to have a purpose. So it needs to be doing some kind of function. So if you do something creative, in theory, for like for certainly for quite a bit of the creative stuff that I do now as an adult, I'm not talking about primary school Emma here with a Mr. Blobby painting. So when I do something creative, the purpose tends to be that it's for an audience. So quite more often than not, I'm trying to entertain someone. So I'll play my guitar, I'll write a song, I'll write um, a play or a sketch, sketches tend to be more my thing, Um, or at the moment I'm trying to write a book, and the whole point, and I've written some short stories, and the whole point of all those things is to entertain or to like stimulate someone, so that, yeah, that's the purpose of being creative, and that's what I have been mistaking for work, all of those things, so because I've been on occasion paid to do the things that I find creative, I have mistaken it for work, and because I've decided that they need to have validation from other people, that other people need to tell me that it's good enough. Again, similar to the Mr. Blobby painting, because I've decided that, yeah, that someone has to tell me that that my work is worthwhile because it needs to serve a purpose, then that's the only reason I should I should be doing it. And that's also why it then takes so much more effort to do it, because it feels I've got that weight, that pr- it's pressure. That's what it is. I've got that weight and pressure on me to succeed in what I'm doing that I've given to myself. So without thinking, actually, you know, I go, I have, I have a job. I go and do that forty hours, sometimes more, a week. So that's fulfilling that section. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting by. Everything's fine. So really, I'm actually in quite a luxurious position of going. Well, I can just be creative, and you know what? If I write a story and nobody, like maybe one or two people read it, and they think, eh, that's all right, (laughs) or even, heaven forbid, goodness me, that was awful. You know, even if they think that, if I've done it and I've managed to achieve it and I feel like I've grown as a person and I've fulfilled myself in that way, then it was worth doing. And same with music. If I, you know, I'm not the world's greatest guitarist, not the world's greatest singer, and I don't write the world's best songs, but I write my songs and I play the guitar and I sing like me and I really enjoy doing it. And every now and then someone really enjoys what I've done. So that's, you know, that's really, really good as well. So I think what I'm trying to say is that you shouldn't not be creative. How to phrase this? You should be creative for you as well as for other people. And if you are creative for you and you get something out of it and you feel so much better for doing it, then you can do it without the fear of it not succeeding and you can do it without the feeling that it's that it's work and that it requires yeah that much effort so this podcast for example I started this and I thought oh that'll be you know a bit of fun I'll try that like I've, I've recently just started listening to podcasts and it was that classic thing of of listening to something and go I do this all the time I see something or I listen to something I'm like oh I want to try it <laughs> even if it's just to have a go and I'm actually really enjoying this one and yeah you know I don't know how many people are going to listen to this it could literally be two it could just be one 
but it could be none. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't matter because it's it's I've had an outlet and I'm going to finish talking in a bit and I'm going to sit down, I'm going to finish editing uh, one that I would have already released by the time this comes out and that'll be really good and I'll feel fulfilled, fulfilled by it. Um, yeah, so I think that the main way that I've tackled... Well, I talked about it. That was that was the main thing, catalyst for me to getting back into creative. Like, I've, I'm going to be honest, 2018, I think I've been on a bit of a music hiatus um, for various reasons. I think I'd psyched myself right out of it. I really had. Um, so, yeah, I talked about that and how, yeah, my feelings of not being good enough at something. And I said it out loud. And it's... The thing is, sometimes, especially with creative stuff, because we're looking for validation and because there's no, like, definable scale of what's good or not or whether you're good at something or not that's really obvious, I think we can become really, really nervous about talking about it. I mean, there's many things um, that people are nervous about talking about and then we don't really articulate them. And then you do and you feel so much better for it. And I think admitting something that might be a failing of yours and here and talking it out and talking out the problem even if you're feeling like I was you know a couple of weeks ago a bit stubborn and <laughs> and actually here's a million reasons why it's not actually anything to do with with you know with um that I should just be cracking on and enjoying it it's, it's because I'm not good enough and all these sort of things here's all the reasons why I shouldn't shouldn't even mention it um none of that you know none of that is true none of that really makes sense you yeah, talking about it made me feel so, so much better. And then another conversation I had about creative stuff was with someone else who was also um, saying that they sometimes find it difficult to be creative. And sometimes actually it's good to just admit that you're tired and to not have a go at yourself for not doing something. But yeah, to bring it back around again, I have been in a good groove recently. I have set myself, um, I, I wouldn't say a challenge, just a, a personal thing of like I'm going to try and pick my guitar up every day and I think the thing the main thing that was stopping me picking my guitar up was this feel yeah this feeling that I'm not good enough and that I'll play it and it won't sound the way I want it to play and the only and I got I know it really got into my head that the only way it was ever going to sound the way I wanted it to sound was this if I dedicated hours of practice every day to it and I don't have that time so I shouldn't pick it up at all whereas actually if I just pick it up for 10 minutes and I'm going to be honest like yesterday picked it up for like 10 20 minutes it's not very long it's better than not picking it up at all and I tend to enjoy it more and you have a bit of a muck around and you take the pressure off so that's really good um and the other big thing and this I, I don't want to be a, a person who's like this is the root of all evil but the other big thing um is to not really watch tv is, is what I've realised. So I really enjoy reading. Reading's my, like, that is my go-to relaxing thing, is to pick up a book. Um, I'm very, like, I enjoy the escapism of it. But when I get tired and apathetic and unable to be creative or to use my brain, um, I just watch television. And I think I definitely, towards the latter end of last year, found myself watching it. Like, I watched a lot, and I, I will admit this, I watched pretty much a good two or three seasons of Downton Abbey in October and that's because in October that's when I have the biggest event that I do um, in my job it's quite full-on and I just felt so tired that I would come home and all I wanted to do was watch Downton Abbey and that is too much too much Downton Abbey for one person to watch 
And it wasn't even like I was watching it with someone. Gonna be honest, not Jack's cup of tea. Um, and I wasn't feeling very sociable because I was tired. So I just basically would come home, eat food, watch that, and then go to bed and then go back to work. It's not good. It's not healthy. <laughs> and it definitely stopped my creative my creative flow. So I'm not saying I'm never going to watch TV again. Um, I really like movies and there's some really good TV shows out there. But I am going to not like rely on it as my way to relax. I'm going to relax by picking up my guitar. I'm going to relax by going off of my imagination and writing some words down to my book or to, like trying to imagine another place. At the moment with my book, I'm sort of writing the um, overarching treatment. Is that what they call it? People who properly write books? Is it a treatment? You know, where you sort of talk about, here's what all the places look like. Here's what all the people look like. I'm quite enjoying me being methodical with it. So doing all that sort of thing. Um, or reading, and it is a different feeling reading to watching television, I think it's a bit more engaging, or, I'm going to be honest, playing video games, I'm going to check it out there, I think playing a video game is far more stimulating and far more engaging and creative than watching television, because it's using, you're having to make decisions, you're being active in your response, you're moving your hands, I don't know, so those are the things, the things that I'm doing while I'm not watching TV at the moment. So yeah, I'd recommend it. I, again, I'm not saying it would solve all problems. And the thing is, I'm probably gonna be sat here in a couple of weeks like, well, that's all gone out the window. <laughs> and I, I say that I'm hoping I'm not gonna slip back into the, into the apathetic um, habits that I had, the, yeah, the feeling of apathy that I, I had towards the latter end of last year. I'm hoping not. But yeah, so to conclude, I think <laughs> that if you feel like being creative, if you feel like being creative right now, um, if you've just sort of vaguely got it in the back of your mind, like, oh, maybe I should do that thing. Maybe I should write that poem or maybe I should like start that new um, YouTube channel that I've been on about doing for ages or maybe I should pick up an instrument that I haven't played for a while. Just go and do it. I dare you. I dare you right now. And if you're like me, you're going to listen to that and be like, mm, I don't want to now, especially because you just told me to. But I guarantee you'll feel so much happier and pleased with yourself if you do. So yeah, I didn't set out to, to do a motivational podcast, but I think I've ended it on a go on, treat yourself, go be creative. And the perk about being creative is that it warrants many, many cups of tea. So bring that background to the beginning again. So I am going to wrap things up here. I'm going to have some more of this lovely old grey tea that I've made for myself. So yeah, it would I would really love to hear about your creative projects. So if you've listened to this and you're thinking, yeah, there's a, this thing I'm working on. It doesn't have to be something that you ever want to share with the world. It doesn't have to be something that is going to make you your fortune and is going to make you an amazing, famous creative nah. <laughs> then it doesn't have to be those things it can be just something that you're doing for you to make your life that little bit more enriched so let me know let me know what your projects are I'd be really really interested to hear um drop me an email I can shout about that in fact if you've got a project that you want me to plug to my you know one or two listeners um <laughs> drop me an email at pod of tea at gmail.com Send me a tweet on Twitter, um, I'm at Pod of Tea, or on Instagram. I'll do some retweeting and check out what you're up to because people are cool and people come up with some really, really awesome things. Hooray for people. So, yeah, until next time it is, toodaloo. Toodaloo.